This is an AMI podcast. You are the only one who's going to be able to hold yourself to a higher standard because no one around you will know the difference. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review. This is the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks, and my name is Ramia Amuddin, host of the show, here back with Nisreen Abdel-Majid. Nisreen, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. It is good to have you back. And as always, we're starting with a quote of the week. This is a really nice one. And our guest and regular contributor on the show, Amir Khan, uh, shared this one with me. So I thought we'd feature it. It's by Billy Porter from his book, Unprotected, which Amir has read and talked about a little bit on the show. Also, it was one of the featured books of uh, or on the Sila Library homepage past month. So that's a nice uh, loop around as well. But this is a great quote because I loved the gist, the gist of self-development in this quote. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you think of others thinking of you because you're the one who has to hold yourself accountable, hold yourself to your standard, hold yourself to what it is that you really intend to be, or I, I would say who it is that you really intend to be. Amazing uh, way to kind of bring it to light in this quote. So I hope that you took away from it the amount that I took away from it. Because every week I feel like we're taking a lot away from these really intense, uh, but also very insightful quotes. We're celebrating Pride Month, as I said. We continue to do that as we wrap up June. Let's get to the featured titles from the CELA Library homepage. So this is the Center for Equitable Library Access, celalibrary.ca. Starting with The Girl in the Middle by Anise Gronofsky. This is a biography. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Then we move on to Love That Story, Observations from a Gorgeously Queer Life by Jonathan Van Ness, Humor and Anthologies. Final one on the featured titles is Still Just a Geek by Will Wheaton, Humor, Family and Relationships. We chatted about this last week. And this is a revamp of the original, which is just a geek. So check that out if you're a Will Wheaton fan. Nisreen, I'm coming over to you, girl. You have what's trending this week. What is going on in the audiobook world? So audiobooks.com tweeted out this week's most anticipated new listens for the summer. And we're really feeling the heat today, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, comes with that, there's a whole bunch of new listens for us to enjoy. So there's a positive side to this heat wave because... <laughs> Remy, let me tell you, I'm sitting in the sunroom and the sun is directly on top of my head. So my hair is burning up at the time, at this time. Um, the sunroom so getting... always seems like such a lovely concept when it's cold it's, outside. It's nice. It's too cold in the winter. The 30... Too uh-huh. in the summer. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the iffy side to it. Um, but yeah, so uh, audiobooks.com, we're getting some from twisty thrillers to emotional literary sagas. This summer has some big releases in store, and they've rounded up 12 of the most anticipated audiobooks coming out this summer. So add them to your wish list so that you can be sure to enjoy them on your summer road trips, on the beach, 
or poolside or uh, walks in the heat wave, whatever you enjoy in the summer. I'll list a few here. So we start off with The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager, Suspects by Danielle Steele, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Seven, Upgrade by Blake Crouch. The last one I'll mention is It Girl by Ruth Ware. For more audiobooks, check out their most anticipated audiobooks book list on their website, audiobooks.com. But really exciting list um, here. And I didn't think thrillers would be a popular uh, genre in in the summertime. (laughs) But now that I think about it, you know, there's always those types of thrillers where it's on the campsite, by the lake. You know what I'm talking about? In a cabin. Um, Yes. Yeah, so it, it kind of fits. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah, I I think that there are some places, like you said, for the uh, thriller in us uh, to explore the the summer side of things. But for the most part, I think we're trying to have fun, right? Like that's what we tend to default to: the fun, the upbeat, the cute, the casual, uh, the the summery, the the summer cocktail books mm-hmm. of summer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But let me ask you, what's your favorite location in the summertime to listen to an audiobook? Anywhere near the water. Now, granted, um, I haven't had too much opportunity for that in the last several years, but I throw back to almost 10 years ago. Wow, that is a long time ago. Um, Almost 10 years ago when I went on a vacation, like an all-inclusive resort vacation with my family and I spent every day pretty much half the day just sitting by the beach or sitting by the pool listening to audiobooks and that's all I did and I haven't had that intensive an experience by like lakes or cottage or anything since then but it's so memorable to me that when I think back to that vacation I barely remember anything else other than just chilling by the water listening to audiobooks. I was, it's so funny you mentioned that because I was even thinking about going to Toronto Island and just yep. sitting on the beach for just a full day, listening yep. to an audiobook, enjoying the sand in my, between my toes and, you know, just getting that vibe with a cold, cold drink. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the environment I would picture listening to an audiobook, that but true. I would listen to a more romantic book when it comes to that setting. Um, thrillers would just get me anxious yeah. at the time and it's not it's not yeah. the perfect location for me I mean that's yeah. just me maybe but, the thrillers uh, we can save for the backyard barbecue you know after everybody yeah leaves, you know that makes dusk. sense yeah <laughs> but then you're chill. just gonna for me I would just feel like I'm being watched or something is gonna sneak up behind oh, for me sure. it's in for the sure. dark can't even I mean, be in your own home anymore I know but this so, is just the two of us right but this is Other just the two of us we in their eyes we get freaked out easily. I think yeah. I think everybody knows that by now. <laughs> so thrillers exactly. is uh it's just not our cup of tea for genre picks. But yeah, yeah. if you go back to October and November when we were talking a lot of thrillers, you can you can get the gist of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ramia Amadin, and we're going to jump into a little bit of a preview, a little bit of a recommendation, um, and kind of a throwback to a past episode of Audiobook Review as well. So this month, for the Kelly and Company Book Club, we've um, 
chosen a recommendation by George Kwarku. And the book's title is A Long Way Gone by Ishmael Bria. This is Memoirs of a Boy Soldier and released in 2007. So this is a formal recommendation by George for us to read and gather at the end of the month uh, to talk about on Kelly and Company. But the reason why I bring it back here as a throwback is Catherine Thatcher, who joined us a couple weeks ago on the show, had talked about how much this book had impacted her and how often she goes back to reading it just because it was so incredibly written uh, and the kinds of feedback that she gave about the book was fascinating. So you can go back to that, but let me give you a synopsis But because if you want to join us or give your thoughts on the book next week when we discuss it on Kelly and Company, you can do that. Um, we are discussing it on Thursday, June 30th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on the show. All right, so here's the synopsis. This absorbing account by a young man who, as a boy of 12, gets swept up in Sierra Leone's civil war goes beyond even the best journalistic efforts in revealing the life and mind of a child soldier abducted into the trials of warfare. Bia's harrowing journey transforms him overnight from a child enthroned by American hip-hop music and dance to an internal refugee bereft of family, wandering from village to village in a country grown deeply divided by the indiscriminate atrocities of unruly, sociopathic, rebelling army forces. Bia then finds himself in the army in a drug-filled life of casual mass slaughter that lasts until he's 15 when he's brought to a rehabilitation center sponsored by UNICEF and partnering NGOs. So this is told in clear, accessible language by a young writer with a gifted literary voice. And this memoir seems destined to become a classic first-hand account of war and the ongoing plight of child soldiers in conflict worldwide. Like I said, we'll be discussing this in less than a week on June 30th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on the the uh, usual roundtable segment on Kelly and Company. But I want to bring in Nisreen and Amir Khan uh, to talk a little bit about this. Nisreen, starting with you. Now, this is a very serious read. And sometimes, like we said earlier in the show, we're not totally going for this kind of thing. But the impact that this book has had on... Um, not only Catherine, but George Korku, who recommended the book, uh, seems to be very, very palpable. And the discussions are going to be quite powerful, I think. And I wanted to ask you if there was a book that does that to you, a book that you can think of that you've read um, a while back or have reread that you know has had really made an impact on the, the subject for you. I mean, the last time I can think of books that were really serious that I've read was in high school. And um, one book that really, really stuck with me to this day, and I still think about it, is The Kite Runner. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken to many people about this, and a lot of people felt like it did have an impact on them. Um, it did make a big difference. I I read it. I watched the movie. It just made a big difference in my life. And it made me reflect on it so much. We had to write essays. And normally, I would hate writing essays for different books that we read in high school. But for this one, I had so much to say. 
it was a very deep, serious book that I'm not really used to. And to this day, it just, it stuck with me. Um, Another one was Lord of the Flies, but Kite Runner really, really stuck with me over the years. Yeah. And I think the the accounts um, of events and life experiences that people go through when it's written in these forms yeah, it is uncomfortable and more mm-hmm. than uncomfortable. Sometimes we outright refuse to want to know about these things. But I think um, going past that resistance and getting into it can get get us to places where we're like, wow, um, this was very, very powerful. So I, I, I hear that and I feel that with you for The Kite Runner as well. I've heard you talk about the, the impact that that book has had on you um, on other shows. So thank you for sharing that. And Amir, over to you, your thoughts or... Um, ideas or reflections on reading this book so i haven't quite started this book yet but i'm looking forward to it i to- totally expect it to be a very serious book uh, i think this crosses into a little bit of the territory of you know these types of books aren't for everyone um you know a lot of people can um get turned off by by these types of topics and it affects people in different ways it definitely has a has a heavier mm-hmm. impact um, one of the books I read in the past, which I've spoken about before, is um, titled I Shall Not Hate. Um, the author escapes me at the moment, but um, it is also another really powerful book where, you know, every chapter you, you sort of read and you, you can't understand why this person is not upset at life and the universe in general. But he has such a positive attitude, even after losing three of his daughters in a conflict um, of war, which he has absolutely nothing to do with. Um, besides just being there, um, very, very powerful book. But um, this particular book reminds me a little bit of the the movie from 2006 with uh, Leo DiCaprio uh, called Blood Diamond. Um, I mean, right. most, of the, most of the movie is obviously about conflict diamonds and those pieces. But uh, if you recall, the, the end of the movie, there is a, a sort of side plot with... Uh, with a father and son where the son has been taken in for to become a child soldier. And that part always stuck with me uh, in terms of um, that particular movie. Yeah. I, I think that um, you make some interesting comparisons here, particularly with the platform, right? So with books um, or movies, I, I, for some reason I go back to something like TikTok where you can scroll past things, um, scroll past serious topics or, just move beyond them into other things that you feel like. But when you commit to, you know, movies as well as books, particularly, you're diving right in, right? And like you said, that resistance is more like you read the title and you're like, I don't think so. I I don't think I can handle something like this. But to commit to the book itself is to say, brace yourself right for what may come of the content so um definitely you know a serious turn of conversation at the moment uh, we are going to get into some later stuff with you Amir but uh, wanted to say that you know there are a, a bunch of us reading this book people who are reading it from the Kelly and Company book club and as well the evening book club that you run so we'll have some I think quite riveting discussions about this next week. Now, moving into other audiobook highlights with you, the theme for today is the beginning, the middle, and the end. So the last time you were on the show, just as a follow-up, you talked about abstract concepts with us, which was really, really great. And we ended with some of the serious police-style books. Is this what you continued with uh, on your reading journey this month? 
Yes and no. Um, so I talked about the book that LA Confidential was was based off of. Um, and in a lot of cases, movie adaptations are based on books, but they've put them into a modern con- context or put them into a different time period. So that's what I found with, with that particular one. Um, the first book in that series is called The Black Dahlia. And the time period is completely different from the movie. It's actually in the 40s. Um, the recording wasn't specifically great. So I, I attempted it, but I abandoned it. And then after that, I sort of reached out to more familiar pieces. Um, last month uh, or two months ago for the book club, we did uh, Michael Connolly's The Poet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a brand new series um, uh, for me. Um, Michael Connolly has two very, very popular series, which are, I think, in the dozens already in terms of how far they've gotten in terms of novels. So we read The Poet, which I thought was great. Uh, Also a very sort of serious police procedure piece set in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, And that was was great. Um, The next one I picked up and read the first three in that series was uh, Clive Cussler's, which I've talked about before, which is basically straight up, you know, action adventure type of stories. Um, with a Dirk Pitt, I believe the main character is. So um, they're a lot of fun. They're very much summer reads. Uh, there's not too much to think about. Um, they sometimes delve into some sort of you know world politics and pieces, but it's more of a backdrop than an actual topic of, of discussion. <laughs> and it's it's really basically action movies fit into books. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious as to where you are, because this is just like one third of the puzzle with what you're <laughs> into and reading this month. So the other parts are what you're in the middle of. So things that you've picked up um, or even in some of these cases just started right in the middle, not really going for book one. So what's what are some of these? So I always find it interesting that when when somebody like myself or somebody who's an avid uh, audiobook or any book reader really you know, likes an author. They try to read everything from the author. Typically, uh, I know you're a big Colleen Hoover fan, and you know everybody has mm-hmm. a sort of favorite author. But it, I'm always curious that sometimes when you look at the order of, of a really nice series that you really enjoyed, uh, you're sort of surprised that there was uh, that the author went back and wrote an in-between book or a side plot. Um, so that happened to me. Um, I've spoken about Janet Ivanovich's um, Stephanie Plum novels which are uh, fairly large novels. Um, but again, they're, they're a lot of fun because they're about a female bounty hunter who really doesn't know what she's doing and captures criminals more by accident and luck than anything else. Um, and the whole thing takes place in suburban New Jersey, which adds another sort of flavor to, to everything. Um, but there's a whole sort of side series I sort of missed um, with a character named Diesel. And these ones happen to have a little bit of magic to them. So if you're into into that, um, and they're much shorter, there are mo- I think all four or five are novellas. Um, they're all under nine hours, um, and they're just a lot of fun if uh, if you're looking to have a summer read like that. Now, for you, it was picking these in between novels up after all the Stephanie Plum stuff. But can we skip the Stephanie Plum altogether and just do the little ones? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently on I think number twenty six of the Stephanie Plum novels. Holy. Um, so yeah, going back to them wasn't a problem at all. They, they really don't tie in very much um, because, like I said, th- this author actually went back and wrote these, so they're not really in series too much, um, especially if you're just reading these particular Diesel ones. Um, like I said, so she just really liked the world. 
I wanted to do something else in it. Well, I think she was was specific about trying to put something smaller together for fans. Um, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when authors are, especially with series, there's some characters that really speak to to the audience, and they're like, "Oh, we want to see more of this particular character." And yeah. sometimes they get their own series, sometimes they get a mini series like this. Um, and I think that's what happened in this case, where people, you know, saw that Diesel actually makes his first appearance in a in a Christmas episode or a Christmas um, novella that, that she wrote for uh, for Christmas for uh, Stephanie Plum. And I think a lot of people really enjoyed his his character and wanted to see him right. come back. So, Super yeah. fans. Okay. Um, let's keep going. Uh, anything else? How about Nora Roberts? You've read a lot of her stuff. <laughs> so that's, that's what I've... Um, like, I'm, I'm continually amazed at how well she can write a formulaic series. Um, similar to something like James Bond, where you know you know what the sort of basic outline is going to be of of the movie or the book, but it's just the way that she does it that makes it so interesting. Or something formulaic like Law and Order, um, the Eve Dallas series or the In Depth series, as it's called. Um, there's a side plot that that sort of inches along. You know, if you if you're a fan of something like How I, How I Met Your Mother or something, where there's sort of like a background plot that inches along. Um, she does it really, really well with this particular series uh, without uh, starving or giving too much uh, to the reader. So I'm on, I think, number 17 now. Um, I think I mentioned before, I think there's like 60-something of these novels. Um, and I finally figured out the classification for these novels. Apparently, it's okay. uh, romance suspense. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, there you go. That's for exactly. this read. Exactly. That's so if, if you like, you know, things that are set in the slightly future without getting too crazy, uh, you know, you're looking for a little detective work, but you're also looking for, you know, some some dives into marriage and what it might be mm-hmm. from both perspectives in terms of male and female. I'll take it. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's wild the way she meshes all those pieces together in each novel. Um, it's actually and- perfect. It's like hot dogs at a sports game right like just enough food to keep the non-sports people there <laughs> yeah. and just sure. enough sports to keep the foodies there okay amazing now then there's the third third of your progress this month which is the, the stuff that you're really looking forward to completing um even if you're not fully there yet you're at the end you're right at the finish line what are yeah. you uh, Greg Hor- Horowitz is another one of my favorite authors with the Orphan X series. He has dozens of books, and I've sort of commented on them in, in previous times I've been on the show. Um, but the Orphan X series is probably his his crowning um, series that people absolutely love. And his uh, seventh novel, which I thought was the last, but clearly after reading it and uh, seeing a couple of things from fans, it's clearly not. Um, and, and that's something that surprises you from authors too. Like, where could they possibly go from this? The series has to end. And it's like, nope, from the first two pages, you're like, okay, it's not ending. All right. Um, really, really well done. Uh, again, this is another author that you sort of go in with an expectation and they just wind, you know, uh, really tell the story that is fantastic and interesting and something you just don't expect. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, it's a. I like to call these this series a spy book with a heart and a and a moral compass. Um, so there's a lot about um, the the central character and, and how he's trying to quote unquote be normal, yeah, uh, and what that might mean because he's not been normal all his life. So 
uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot rehumanizing of rehumanizing. Um, and there's throughout the series certain things that have happened to him which he did not expect in terms of you know a lot of authors talk about uh, not having um, blood ties of family, but then acquiring a family and they they don't know it. Uh, and there's definitely elements of that in this series. Amazing. Well, Amir, I'm sure there are other books that you're just about to finish, but we won't get to them today because we're at the we're at the uh, end <laughs> of the episode. That's something you can count on every week. We'll get to the end of the episode. <laughs> but thank you so much, uh, and we'll follow up no with problem. you in about a month. Sure. Take care. Amir Khan joining us always at the end of the month right before our book clubs reconvene. That was on purpose. So uh, that is the end of this week's episode of AMI Audiobook Review. Until next week where we have more chat with you, this time with our friends from the SELA Library. Happy audiobook listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.